Stillman, start your engines. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello, hello. Welcome to the broadcast. Jim Paris here with you. We are live on Sunday nights at nine o'clock Eastern. Great to be with you tonight. A lot to get into in our news segment. And in our guest segment, here's the book we're going to be talking about: End Times Investigations. David Hevener is here. He's never been with us before. He'll be with us tonight. And he's also in the middle of filming a movie, which is, I believe the title is called The Last Evangelist. And he'll be with us in 29 minutes to talk about the movie and also about his book. And next week, Jeff Seconder is here. He is an expert on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. We'll be doing that next week. And then on our Easter broadcast, we're going to do a replay and I'm going to pull out from the archives uh, some great interviews we had uh, about the resurrection of Christ and the Shroud of Turin. And that'll give me a chance to have that day off. And we won't be able to get any guests on Easter Sunday. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and make that officially a replay week. Uh, but next week, we're going to be live still for you. Jeff Seconder is here to talk about cryptocurrency. If you follow me on Facebook, and by the way, if you don't follow me on Facebook, why not? And we're getting close to the 5,000 personal friends limit. So just before air, I checked this and we're right at 4,000 friends now on my personal page. And for some reason, Facebook does have a limit of 5,000 on a personal page. Once you hit 5,000, that's it. You can't have any more friends. Now, I do have ChristianMoney.com. That's a page that has unlimited. And then I also have... Uh, how to pray for a financial miracle. That page is also unlimited, but a lot of my personal stuff, a lot of the fun stuff I do is on my personal page. And so if you check out my personal page, my name is James L. Paris. That's what the name I use as an author. That's the name I use on Facebook, James L. Paris, search me. You'll see most of my posts are public. So that means you don't even have to be my friend to take a look at them. And last night, I had a great night in St. Augustine. I just had this thought. I was kind of bored and I thought, let me just go up to St. Augustine and see what trouble I can get into. <laughs> and it was great. You know, it rained so much yesterday. I didn't expect there to be very many people up there and it was still kind of a light drizzle when I got up there, but it was really hopping uh, for a Saturday night where we had so much rain yesterday. Uh, and I had a lot of fun, took a lot of great pictures and videos and all of that is up there on my personal Facebook page. So this whole week has been all about the Will Smith slap. And I've had people on my Facebook page kind of debating both sides of this. Early on, I had a number of people whose opinion I really respect say this was a setup. It wasn't real. And that was kind of the way I was leaning towards that. This was not real. It was fake. And uh, one of our good friends of the show, Randy Williams, who is a bodyguard, he knows what happens at these events because he's many times guarding celebrities at these events. 
uh, he raised a great question, which is why didn't security come and take Will Smith away? Uh, and that's why he thought initially that it was a setup. And I kind of went along with that. I thought, well, that must be a setup because that's right. Why would the security not escort him out immediately for doing that? But now it turns out that it probably wasn't a setup. And Will Smith is resigning from the Academy. And a lot of people are saying, well, you see that he, he's admitting what he did wrong and he's resigning. And I'm a little bit more cynical. I tend to think that probably some lawyer advised him that if he resigns from the Academy, that he can't lose his Academy Award, that if he's no longer a member, he can't be sanctioned as a non-member. I bet you anything that it's something like that. I mean, I wish it was that Will Smith went home and he prayed and he felt guilty and he decided that the best thing he could do uh, was to resign from the Academy just out of sure guilt and, and, and being sorry for what he did. I wish that were true and maybe it is, but I just don't think so. I think this is some kind of a strategy to prevent them from taking away his Academy award, which I'm not sure that they're going to do that anyway. And I'm not really sure what that means. I mean, it's kind of like once you're awarded something like that, can you really take it away? I mean, how do you really take away the honor that he was voted to be given that award and you can take the trophy back. I mean, but he was already given the award. He's already given the honor. I'm not really sure much could be made out of taking it away. Uh, but it was a, a very interesting moment in TV. And the thing that I found most ironic about it is Hollywood is always lecturing us small people, right? About tolerance and understanding and telling us how we should live. And they're the first ones to come out against Trump. And they're the first ones beating the drum about the so-called insurrection on January 6th. And they're so anti-violence, except that their movies are all violent, right? And, and they're the ones to preach to the rest of us little people how we should live. And can you imagine if something like that happened, that it was one of the Trump kids that went up on stage and slapped somebody? I mean, this is what we see from the left, from the far left. We see Robert De Niro using the F word talking about Trump uh, at these award shows. These are not tolerant people, but yet they preach tolerance, right? But they're not tolerant. And, you know, I will say that I would have been offended just as much as Will Smith if jokes were made about my loved one who had a medical condition and especially for a woman um, losing your hair. And to make fun of that, a lot of people wondered if, if maybe uh, Chris Rock uh, did not know that that was a, a medical condition and that he thought it was just her fashion statement to wear the short buzz cut. Uh, but in any case, uh, I would have been offended by that as well. But we, we don't know what what, uh, you know, uh, Chris Rock knew or didn't know. Uh, but in any case, slapping him in the face was certainly uh, not good. But it appears to be. Good for Chris Rock, because what I'm reading is that uh, where just days ago you could go see Chris Rock for 40 or 50 dollars. Now those tickets are going for 300 or 400 dollars. So maybe the the message out of all of this is uh, what is a slap worth? You know, maybe everybody's going to want to be slapped now by Will Smith. So maybe he he has heard his own case and every show he goes to, people are going to do this. But this is really a question. People are saying, well, what about other award shows where there's sort of this, um, you know, this roasting that goes on and, and this roasting that goes on? I mean, this goes all the way back to the Dean Martin roasts 
and comedians like Don Rickles, where they really go after people. They go after people personally, but it's all done in fun. And you just wonder now what happens to that sort of style of comedy, uh, that roasting style. Is that going to now be forbidden uh, as well? But apparently Will Smith is now uh, being canceled. He's losing a lot of gigs. I guess Netflix is pulling back from a deal with him and other deals that he had going. Those are being canceled as well. Uh, all right, let's get into this. Don't say gay law, which, by the way, it's not. I could just as easily say, don't say straight and get all upset that they're not going to be teaching people how to be straight, how to be heterosexuals. I mean, I could just as easily come out and say this is an anti heterosexual law because they're not going to be teaching kindergarten through third graders about heterosexuality. Uh, all right. W what is this all about? And let me tell you, I have intelligent friends that actually believe that this is a law that says you can't say gay. So what happened is the very far left, and I'm convinced that honestly, this is a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the American population idea of the sexualization of children. We're talking about kids kindergarten through the third grade. And all this law said is there's to be no sexual education to these kids ages K through through th third grade, which there shouldn't be. I mean, why do we have schools anyway? Since when is it the job of a school to be talking about sex? These are schools that can't even adequately teach kids the basics of writing and reading and arithmetic. And we're now going to be upset that they're not adding sex to their curriculum. And this is limited just to kindergarten through third grade. The law basically says we're not going to bring sex education in to this age group. But the far, far left, this tiny percentage of even Democrats, I don't think most Democrats even want this. But there's this tiny percentage of the left that that branded this law as don't say gay. And what they really want, this tiny percentage, and again, this is not even all Democrats. This would be just a tiny fraction of Democrats. What they really want is they want to indoctrinate kids in K through th the third grade, kindergarten through the third grade into these different lifestyles where maybe you're not really a boy. Maybe you're a girl. Maybe you're not really a girl. Maybe you're a boy. Maybe you need to change your name. Maybe you're this, maybe you're that. We don't need to confuse kids kindergarten through third grade. Kids are confused enough and there's enough to be done in the schools. So in any case, um, there's sort of a war going on now between DeSantis, our governor, and the corporate elite at Disney. And what I find very interesting about this is initially the corporate elite at Disney was quiet on this, didn't have anything to say about it until this very militant, tiny percentage of the left, including some of the employees at Disney, came out and, and they were outraged that the corporate elitists at Disney were not out campaigning against this law, this so-called don't say gay law, which it's not. So the Disney uh, corporate elite uh, gave in and, and started uh, giving some amount of lip service to supporting the protest of this so-called don't say gay law. So now there's sort of this war going on between 
the Disney corporate elite and our governor, Governor DeSantis. And Governor DeSantis has now raised the issue of possibly revoking Disney's special privileges to self-govern as their own city. Now, a lot of people don't know this, but when you pull into Walt Disney World, the Walt Disney World Resort, that is its own city. They have their own utilities. They have their own fire department. They have their own police department. They operate as their own city, which is a pretty neat thing, right? Because anybody else, I mean, if you're a manager of Starbucks or McDonald's or you own a small business, you've got to comply with all the rules of your city and they can come pounding on your door any day of the week and do an inspection and they can pull your operating permit. But to give Disney its own city, Disney is its own separate city within the state of Florida which is really incredible. It's unprecedented. This happened. This has happened nowhere that I know of in the entire United States that a corporation, a private business is given its own city like this. I know there are private cities. There are tiny little private cities where all the property is owned by one person. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about Walt Disney world, which is tens of thousands of acres and they were uh, allowed to become their own city. And so DeSantis is saying, well, well, guys, if you want to go to war with me, maybe just maybe we will take away your privilege of being your own city. And I'm telling you this, Disney is going to lose not millions, but billions of dollars because of getting involved in this issue. Parents do not want their kindergarten through third graders being indoctrinated into the, any type of sexual training that the school is going to put on. And you know, if there's any kind of sexual training, it's going to include gender identity and LGBTQ plus all of this is going to be in, have to be included. We don't need to do this for our kindergarten through third graders. And the idea that Disney, which makes its money, Disney's stock and trade is these little kids. And the idea now that Disney, the corporate elite of Disney, is getting into the fray on this, on the side of these incredibly, that I think it's a tiny percentage, but this incredibly liberal sect that wants to sexualize children, kindergarten through third grade here in the state of Florida. Uh, I think Disney is going to lose big and I think parents are going to start walking away. And even Democrats, I'll say this. I don't think most Democrats want this, want, want little kids to be sexualized and to be given this kind of training in school. If this needs to be discussed, it should be discussed at home with mom and dad and mom and dad aren't going to probably bring these things up until maybe the kid gets into the fourth or fifth or sixth grade. We don't need to bring this up in kindergarten, A, B, C, D, L, M, N, O, P, right? We need to teach the alphabet and basic words and get these kids started in life, in their education, not all of this sexual nonsense. Okay. Uh, I'll take a deep breath. And I'll tell you that I'm excited <laughs> that the final episodes of Ozark is coming. If you're an Ozark fan like I am, uh, it'll be released on April the 29th. So that's coming up in like what? About three weeks, three and a half weeks. So season four, which is the final season of Ozark, was split into two parts, which we didn't know that, right? We didn't know that going into season four. So when season four dropped, we all thought this is it. This is the end of the, the run. 
Uh, but when you got uh, through the first four or five episodes, you realize, wait a minute, this isn't finished. And so now there's the cliffhanger and we get to see, I believe it's four more episodes and that'll be on April the 29th. Okay. I posted this up on my Facebook, um, sort of just, I was, I was kind of going in a different angle than where this ended up, but I posted on Facebook that Easter doesn't seem to be the holiday that it used to be. Uh, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, when I was a kid, Every Easter, my mom would go to the store and buy a special outfit for us. I remember my sister was dressed to the nine. She always had an, an Easter hat, and my mom always had a beautiful new dress and an Easter hat, uh, Easter bonnet, as they call it. Um, and we, we, we would go to church as a family. Many of our relatives would come to church that didn't normally go to church. It was a big thing. It was, uh, it was like almost as big as Christmas. And then after church, you would usually uh, go back to someone's house and there would be just an incredible uh, spread of food. Or you would go to a special restaurant and have a special dinner uh, for Easter. It was a special day. And now, not so much. Really, it's not. So I posted this and I said, what do you do for Easter? Why is Easter not as big of a, an event as it used to be? And so one of my followers uh, on Facebook, who I really respect, a really smart guy who's uh, been connected with me for a long, long time, including some business dealings we've had together. Um, he got into this whole thing that he doesn't celebrate Easter at all because Easter is based on a pagan holiday. It's not even the, the day that Christ uh, historically rose from the dead. And a lot of the things that we do on Easter, like the Easter egg hunts and the Easter rabbit, all of the, the all of that, the Easter bunny, um, <laughs> that this is all based on a pagan belief system. And you know what? He is right. It is true that Esther which is what Easter is based on, is based on all of this pagan stuff. But this is also true about Christmas. A lot of the things that we do at Christmas, like the Christmas tree, it was actually a part of worshiping the Druid gods. But I've always thought this way, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it this week. So write my email down, jim at christianmoney.com. I want to get your thoughts on two things. Number one, uh, why is Easter no longer as big of a deal? And if you're on my Facebook, you can go there and comment on this right now. Number one. Number two, what about this? What about that Easter, all these other Easter traditions like the Easter eggs and the Easter bunny and a lot of these other things that this is based on a pagan belief system? And it is. If you research it, it actually is. But when I was a kid, we went and got our pictures taken with the Easter bunny. When we woke up on Easter Sunday, there was an Easter basket with eggs in it. We colored eggs. We had an Easter egg hunt. We got special presents in our Easter basket. And I guess I'm of the mindset that says, look, yes, it might have been at one point in time, thousands of years ago, that some of these traditions that we practice were originally based on a pagan belief system. And it is true. They were. But does that mean that we can't celebrate them in our own different way and we don't assign that same meaning to it? In other words, when I put up a Christmas tree, even though it's true that a Christmas tree at one time was considered part of worshiping the Druid gods, I don't consider that in my life 
in my practice of Christmas to be worshiping the Druid gods? Can I take that symbol and celebrate using it in a different way? And I think the answer is yes. I think kids can have Easter eggs. They can have the Easter bunny. We can, we can call it Easter if we want to call it. If you're uncomfortable with that, you can call it Resurrection Sunday. Our church calls it Easter. Um, and I think it's okay that we do that because we're uh, choosing to recognize these traditions as our own traditions, what we have made of them, not what they were or what the meaning was thousands of years ago. Just as much as I could say a lot of people that celebrate Christmas are not really celebrating the birth of Christ. They don't assign that meaning to it. It's just a commercial holiday where they buy a lot of stuff. They eat a lot. They drink a lot of liquor and they spend time with their family, but it's not, it doesn't have a meaning to it. So just like Christmas cannot have a meaning if you're not attaching a meaning to it, I think we can attach a good meaning to some of these pagan beliefs. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but that's kind of my view on it. And that's why I don't have a problem with people celebrating Easter and calling it Easter, even though my friend is actually correct in what he's saying. And you can do your own research, research, type in Esther, and you'll see that this is all based on something, uh, <laughs> something pagan. It, it really is. Okay. Um, the world health organization is warning now that the next pandemic will likely be insect an insect borne disease and i don't know when these people come out like bill gates comes out and says i know there's going to be another one and it's going to be even worse and then you have the who coming out saying there's going to be a a pandemic and we know the next one's going to be an insect borne disease you just wonder like wow they they kind of sound like they know it's going to happen hmm not being a conspiracy theorist but uh, how do they know that that's what, what it's going to be? But that's what their prediction is. Of course, not implying anything that they happen to be the one <laughs> saying that's going to happen. Uh, but that is what their next prediction is. So can you imagine if the next, um, if the next big pandemic is insect born, that means we'll all definitely be trapped in our houses for sure. And you could look at uh, all the insect spray will be gone. All of the, uh, the the bug spray that you spray on yourself when you go into the woods, all of that will be gone off the shelves. I can only imagine uh, kind of the, the lockdowns and the hysteria that would happen if we had an insect born. I mean, this is happening in other countries. Insect born diseases are, are as old as time itself. I mean, malaria, mosquitoes, all of that. Uh, and that's what they're saying is probably going to be our next pandemic will be an insect born disease. So we will see. Um, all right. Now, I've, I do have actually a little bit of a conspiracy theory tonight to throw at you just to throw it out there. Southwest Airlines this weekend had to cancel more than 2000 flights between canceled and delayed flights. It, it affected more than 2000 flights altogether between canceled and delayed flights. And they're, they're blaming this on a technical glitch. And I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just asking a question. That's all. Just a harmless question. Russia has threatened uh, cyber warfare against the United States for us supplying weapons uh, to the Ukrainians. And I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know, but I'm just speculating. 
all of a sudden we have a major airline that has thousands of flights either canceled or delayed. And they're saying it's because of a technical glitch. And it, it really, I don't know. It kind of worries me a little bit when you think about the fact that you're putting your life in the hands of these airlines and that when you're on an airplane, what's happening is largely computer based, whether it's the navigation or the automatic pilot that is flying the plane most of the time. And then you have an airline that tells you that thousands of flights are canceled or delayed because of a computer glitch. I mean, I'm not connecting too many dots here, but I'm just saying, look, if these are the same people that are responsible for my safety on these computer flown airplanes and they had to cancel or delay 2000 flights, I don't know what's going on. Um, either it's incompetence at some level, which is not good. Or who knows, maybe this is the Russians uh, hacking. And you just wonder, I've often thought to myself, and we've had um, guests on this show that have said that the final war, World War III, would be more about cyber than it would be about anything else. We talk about uh, a nuclear war, but what people are saying is, no, 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 it's, it's probably mostly going to be about cyber. We've had Ron Rhodes on. He's got a book about this, about cyber warfare. And you just wonder if the Russians really did come after our power grid or come after all of the airlines or our rail system. I mean, there's so many things that are are operated now by computer and are accessible through the Internet. You just wonder what could happen. And here's just another example in the day and age that we live in, all of the technology that we have and antivirus this and antivirus that, all of these programs and systems in place that you have a major airline that has to cancel. And this is not uh, a new thing. They were claiming this weeks ago uh, that, th that there were thousands of flights canceled. But a lot of this t is walkouts because uh, the pilots and the flight attendants are upset about mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all that. I don't think that's what's happening here. This looks like a legitimate uh, issue with their computer system. All right. So the gas app that I've been using, people are going crazy about this. In fact, I just got another $18 gift card. I just went ahead just before the show and just clicked a couple of buttons and got another $18 Amazon gift card because I'm getting all of this money cash back when I buy gas. And uh, so many people emailed me this week and said, Jim, can you say, uh, can you tell us about that again? We, we didn't get the information on where to go to get that app. It's a free app and you get cash back when you fill up your car with gas. I get sometimes $15, $18 cash back when I fill my car up. And a lot of this also is bonuses because I'm referring other people to the app. So the app is free. Once you get the app, you'll be able to get a referral code, which you'll be able to share with your followers and friends on social media. And you'll be able to get additional bonus cash back on top of the normal cash back. And all of this can be converted to gift cards. You can even take your money in PayPal. And, uh, I mean, this is getting to be a lot of money that I have coming in from this. Uh, and it's a really neat thing and it's free to do it. So what are you waiting for? Check out my blog post article on this. Go to jameselparis.media.com. jameselparis.medium.com. The app is free. I give you the name of the app and then I give you my special 
referral code, which will give you an additional bonus in cash back on your first fill up. So check that out. James L. Paris dot medium dot com. And a couple of quick stories before we get to our guest segment. Bill Maher is back in the news again, busting the media uh, about the Hunter Biden cover up. And now we know it's a cover up. We know it. it this is not uh, th there never was any legitimate media that thought this was a Russian hoax. We know from the very beginning, we know that they all knew it was real. And, and most of us in the real media knew it was real. And we also now know that it swung the election. So we now know for sure whether you believe there was cheating or not in the election. We're not going to even get into that. But we do know there was this, this cover-up in the media. And we now know from polls that this shifted the election. And so we've got Bill Maher, who's a left a leftist, who even he is coming out saying that this was a media cover up. So we no longer I've lived long enough now to say we no longer have a legitimate media in this country. Uh, it used to be funny when you listen to Rush Limbaugh and he talked about the mainstream media, the drive by media, as he called them, or the lamestream media. And there was a time when I thought, well, you know, maybe Rush is, is exaggerating. Maybe this is hyperbole. Uh, but but we, we can now say Rush Limbaugh was right. God rest his soul. The media is completely corrupt, and they absolutely swung this last election. And Bill Maher is talking about it. And we'll close it out with this. Sarah Palin. Yes, Sarah Palin, who I love. Sarah Palin is making a political comeback. There is an open house seat in Alaska. And Sarah Palin is going to be running for that open Alaska house seat. A lot of people thought she was going to try to uh, primary Lisa Murkowski. Um, that was one path she could take. But running for the Senate takes a lot of money, folks. It takes a ton of money. And it's very hard to unseat uh, a senator, even if you're somebody with a big name like Sarah Palin. So this is probably a good step for her to get into the House of Representatives as at least an initial step. Sarah Palin making her political comeback by running for an open Alaska House seat. All right, we'll take a one minute break and refire the open. When we come back, here's the book right here. It's called End Times Investigations. And David Hevener, author, is with us for the first time tonight. We'll be back in one minute. Stand by. 